Satan worship in the end time? Midterm elections. United Nations anti-Semitism and anti-God. World government. Jail time for preaching the Bible. Digital IDs and much, much more in the headlines today. We discuss these topics from a biblical prophetic perspective on today's open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. I will be taking your calls today. Today's open line. And the number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. I look forward to some great uh, Q&A today. And got a lot going on uh, in the news as far as end time events goes, religious events. Christian events, and I wanted to let you know, um, and I've, you know, I've got some open lines, and so if you want to call in, give me a buzz, but I've got a future interview coming up. I've got a friend of mine who works in the education field, been in there for decades, and I was with him recently, and he was telling me, he said, Dave, you would not, you, you just don't realize how much indoctrination that they're trying to get me to do as an educator of children today. And I know about it, but he said, Dave, you, you, you don't even, he said, you don't realize. And so I'm going to, I'm gonna, he's going to be on our program here. I'm going to try to get him next week, but we're going to talk about education and some of the things that we'll talk about. I've been discussing this with him about the modern era of radicalization that they're trying to get our educators to push on our children. I'm talking about kindergarten through high school. Now, he, he's in high school, but and he's also a pastor. But he was saying, you cannot believe the radicalization that they're trying to get me to push as an educator in our modern era. He said they're talking about rewriting American history with the um, Howard Zinn and this 1619 Project. Gender ideology... Uh, the queer theory, transgender movement, critical race theory and social justice, and environmentalism and the death culture. That was just a few topics that we talked about in our school systems, folks. And you know the battle really, it's a spiritual battle that we're in in the end time, but Satan, his minions are in control for your mind. That's where the battle is. If you can control somebody's ideology and what they believe, people act on what they believe, right? If I don't believe this building's on fire, I'll just sit here and have a radio program. But if I believe, if you can get me to believe the building's on fire, then I'll get up and run out the back door. So people act on what they believe. And if you can control for the first several years of a child's life, the Bible says train up a child in the way they should go and they won't depart from it. Well, that can happen good or bad. 
And you can train them up in Christian principles and they won't depart from that. But you can also train them up on things that are bad and it will be very hard for them to walk away from that because it's just in their brain. It's in their belief system. And so uh, if I can get him on next week, we'll be having that interview. Uh, Should be a great interview, a very uh, informative interview. Now, got some articles here today. And again, I'm taking your calls. Uh, so one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. I got some open lines. The MSN they reported on, and now here's the deal. The Bible does talk about and pro- uh, prophesy that people will actually worship Satan in the end time. There have been Satan worshippers for decades now, but people worshiping Satan. What in the world's going on, folks? And the Bible says in Revelation 13, 1 through 4, think about this. John was talking about the world governing body. And he says, I stood upon the sand of the sea. I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns. Upon his horns, the name of blasphemy. Uh, and he had had ten crowns. The beast which I saw was like it had the body of the leopard, the feet of the bear, the mouth of the lion, the dragon, The dragon, this is a world governing body. The dragon gave him his seat, power, and great authority. The dragon is Satan. And then it says, and I saw one of his heads as it was, um, had been mortally wounded. The deadly wound was healed. Of course, that's a tearing down of the Berlin Wall. One of the nations was wounded nigh unto death. But then this is very important. It says, and all the world marveled and followed after the beast. But then verse 4 says, this is Revelation 13, 4. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast and they worshipped the beast saying, "Who who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Now think about this. The Bible is telling us here that in the end time, people will worship this world government which will be the kingdom of Satan and the Antichrist. Satan's the principal driver here. He gives it its seat, power, and its great authority. He's the mastermind behind this world governing system. And the Bible says they will worship. People in the end time will worship the dragon who gives this entity its seat, power, and great authority. And I I commented the other day on Disney's The Little Demon show that they had out where this Satan has impregnates a human uh, female... They have, she has a child, and the girl gets up to be 13 years old, which is when the show comes on, and she is the Antichrist. And she's got demonic powers, and there's all kinds of things. It's a horrible uh, narrative. However, there are, you, you know that there was a program a while back put out by Hollywood called Lucifer. People, they're just trying to make Satan the Antichrist. All these different things, like, it's hey, it's not such a big deal. That's kind of normal. However, as a Christian individual, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want my children to have anything to do with that. And I really don't even want it in society. So, MSN just reported that um, they published an article. Madam Satan. I'm not making this up. Madam Satan returns in Archie comics. Chilling adventures in a sorcery sequel. Madam Satan is back. A Badder Than Ever, in Archery Comic Books, coming sequel in 2021's, uh, to 2021's Chilling Adventures in Sorcery, the One-Shot. 
Madam Satan uh, escaped hell, a fugitive and hated uh, woman by Satan and his thralls. The official synopsis for Return of Chilling Adventures in Sorcery reads, She's now principal of Baxter, now get this, they call it Baxter High, imagine that. And it says, and hell has come to earth, with each classroom acting as a portal to the different circles of hell. And it goes to this huge uh, story about Satan and uh, this woman and in, in Archie comics. Folks, it's not, and I know we're coming up to Halloween, which makes a lot of this stuff worse. But these are things you don't want to play with in the end time. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime That's 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Well, welcome back, everybody. Again, today is open line. The number to reach me, one 363 8463 And I'm going to go straight to the phones. i got a lot more to talk about. Midterm elections, a lot of different things. The election day is coming up um, on Tuesday, November 8th. And I know a lot of you will be voting. Probably many of you already voted in the early voting. But um, certainly a very, very important midterm election. And we'll probably be doing some programming on that. I was just going to comment here on the different issues uh, that are and run down through them. Inflation, health care, jobs and economy, abortion, climate and the environment. I mean, it's really easy for me to decide how to vote. I mean, all of these issues are important to me. But, I mean, if you've got two candidates to choose from, right? And for me, I look at them from a Christian perspective perspective. Now, I'm not expecting the guy or the lady that I'm voting for to be 
Christian. I hope everybody is. I wish they were. But that's probably not going to happen. You and I both know that. We all live here in the United States of America. Many of you live around the world, but I'm talking about the, the, the United States of America midterm elections right now. And I'm not voting for somebody to be my pastor. I'm voting for them to hold a public office and to... But I'm, I still vote from a Christian perspective, right? So if I go down through there and I'm looking for one of two candidates and I see that one is pro-abortion and one's not, then it's very easy for me. I'm go, I, 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 it's not irrelevant to me where the, the individual stands on all the other issues, but I can go to abortion and say, okay, this guy's pro-abortion or this lady, and this one is anti-abortion or this lady, and I know who I'm going to vote for. I'm not going to vote for the person who is pro-abortion. I can't see a Christian doing that. The killing of babies? And so it's very important. It almost becomes very easy. Now, I could go through health care and all these different things, education and guns and the whole, you know, the criminal justice uh, reform, foreign policy. We could go through all that. But really, voting, to me, has always been very simple. Who is going to point me in the, you know, point America back in the uh, direction of a Christian nation? You say, well, none of them are going to point us in the direction of a Christian nation. Okay, well, if you've got two candidates again and one of them's pro-abortion and one of them's anti-abortion, I'm going to go with the anti-abortion candidate every time. It's very easy for me. I'm not going to vote pro-abortion. And then I start looking at all the other stuff. And, um, you know, we could get into all that. But uh, let, me, um, let me go. I've got a caller here. So Steve from Arkansas. God bless, my friend. Welcome to End of the Age. Thanks, Dave, for taking my call. Uh, I've, I've listened to y'all for a long, long time. Brother Irvin was a great inspiration. But listen, I, Dave, I just want to get your thoughts on uh, what what are your thoughts on drug use in the end times? You know, I'm, I'm up here in Arkansas, and we've got recreational marijuana on the ballot, and uh, somebody's just pumping a tremendous amount of money into this thing, and, and I, I hate to say scared, but just for lack of a better way to word it, I'm, you know, I'm scared this thing's going to pass. Yeah. And uh, I, I know there's some scripture, I, I want to say in Revelation 18, that I think talks about, you know, and I just wonder what your thoughts were about drug use in the end time. Yeah. So drug use in the end time as a whole, drug, drug use any time is an absolute no-no. It destroys lives. Yes. Yes. I had a friend of mine years ago, Steve, that had a $1,500 a week drug addiction. A week, not oh. a month. A week. Wow. Drug. He was stealing from his parents. He was working, stealing from everybody, borrowing, just to try to keep up with that drug habit. I'm thankful to say that God delivered him from that in a church Amen. service on a Sunday morning. However, um, as far as drug use... Drug use, drugs destroy lives. You say, well, you know, I don't know if marijuana destroys lives. Drug use, anti-biblical. Okay? What yes. somebody's doing is they're looking for something to fill the void that God can fill. In everybody's Amen. life, there's a God void. A lot of people try to fill that with all kinds of things. Um, uh, drugs, um, alcohol, uh, all kinds of promiscuous lifestyles, all kinds of stuff. And 
because there's a God void. You're trying to fill that with something. If you fill it with God, hey, I'm the most satisfied person in the world. But yes. a, lot of tri- a lot of people try to fill that void with all kinds of things. That's why they call alcohol spirits because yes. um, they're try- it's, it's a, it try- people are trying to get out of this reality of life and all of the chaos and everything and say, okay, I want an alternative mindset. So I'm going to go to drugs. I'm going to go, you know, the alcohol takes the edge off and all that. No, listen, stay away from alcohol, stay away from drugs, serve Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, you'll be more fulfilled. Jesus Christ is the true spirit, not fake spirits. And so I believe drugs are something that Satan has introduced into our uh, society and has for years. People have done drugs for years and years and years and years and years. And so, no. Alcohol, no. And so when you have, if, if you're voting on that issue, now I would vote against that every time. You say, well, yes. hey, both candidates are pro. Then, again, I'm going to go back to the ones that's going to lead me as close to a, a, a Christian mindset as possible. You say, well, neither one of these people are Christian that I'm voting for. I understand, but again, it goes back... The abortion issue and a couple other issues, um, uh, education or um, a, a foreign policy, something like that. I'm going to get to the one that says, "Hey, I'm I'm not into leading us into world government and implementing socialism. I'm into the I'm going to vote for the guy who's going to pull us out of that." That's where I'm at as far as a voting issue. As far as drugs go, no, not in the end time or ever. Um, you're just trying to fill a void that can only be filled with God. And, get, and, and it's just simply, it's not doable. Drugs, alcohol, all of this stuff destroys lives. And I've seen it I, over I, and over and over. You say, well, I know, you know, I, it doesn't, I take drugs or I take alcohol, alcohol and it do, hasn't destroyed my life. You, well, you may be one out of a billion that it right. hasn't. But I, I have personally seen drugs and alcohol destroy so many lives, destroy marriages. And um, why would you want that, especially as a Christian individual, no. Drugs and alcohol have no place in a Christian's home. Well, I totally agree with you, Brother Dave, but what I, my specific question is, is, is there not Scripture that uh, says something to the effect that uh, in the last days or in the end times, I think it's in Revelation 18, maybe verse 3 or 4, that talks about uh, the people will not uh, turn from their sorcery? Yeah. So turn from their drug truck, their drug habits. They they just wouldn't repent from it. They wouldn't turn from it. Well, right. So that it's not Revelation eighteen is devoted to the mother of harlots and all her daughters and the false religious system in the end time and God judging that entity and the 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 foul spirits and sorceries and different things that she had a hold of. That's not necessarily talking about drugs. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, but as far as I was just going from an overall biblical perspective and filling the God void because I've dealt with, you know, people with drugs and alcohol and different things yeah. for years. And so that's, that's the perspective I was coming from, from an overall biblical perspective um, right. rather than just an end time perspective. Forever, drugs have been a bad thing. It's trying to give somebody an alternative mindset from reality and you can't fill the god void with anything but god and be happy and, and you know brother uh one thing that I've, I've observed uh you know being a pastor is that most all time people get they don't just dive into heroin and 
and cocaine, usually it's almost always starts out with smoking marijuana and then it, it, it escalates and, and gets into more serious and harder drugs. And, and you know, to me, the, the, the Bible talks about de- the devil being subtle. And to me, this getting marijuana legalized is just a subtle move because, uh, you know, if, if they can get people smoking marijuana or taking edibles or however they do it, yeah. then it just it's only going to lead to more destructive and more harmful drugs later on. Yeah. Uh, that, that's been my observation. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it does in many cases. It's not where it starts out, but it's what it leads to. Yes. And, yes. And that's that, not, not just with drugs or alcohol, or, but uh, a, um, pornography and all kinds of things. Um, of course, I don't know how you could start out innocently with that, but as far as some people just think, well, I'll just, you know, I'll just try this drug or I'll try that. A lot of people, a lot of drug addicts, started out not wanting to be an addict, but they started out just wanting to try something. And then, of course, they get captivated and uh, become addicted. But no, I mean, uh, in a Christian's life especially, but really in nobody's life, drugs does not have a part. I know people think they can control it, but I've never seen the case where somebody could do that. No. Yep. Well, brother, I sure do appreciate you taking my call. God bless you and uh, the other guys. Yes. Vince and uh, Doug. Yes, sir. Uh, y'all guys are wonderful. Thank you. All right. Well, God bless you, Steve, and, and uh, thank okay. you much, my friend. Let's okay. go to Linda in, right here in Texas. God bless Linda. Welcome to End of the Age. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes. I was just wondering, uh, my husband ran across the YouTube uh, last week of the Commonwealth 2022 sports event in England that mm-hmm. Prince Charles was a part of. Yeah. And we saw a mechanical bull. They're yeah. calling it Molech, and they're all worshiping the devil. Of course, we know the devil is, doesn't have much time left. But right. uh, I just wondered if you had ran across it, had seen it. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, I've actually I have seen that. I'm sitting here looking at an article on it right now from Charisma News, and it's got these people bowing down, worshiping some kind of a big mechanical bull at right. the ceremony of the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, England. Again. From a, a lot of people would think, well, this is just innocent. But the fact right. of the matter is, is that no, it is a, it's symbolic of something that is much worse, and that is Satan worship. It is worshiping idols and things, which is the Bible is totally against. Again, I think it is people in society trying to make these things common. Like it's, right. oh, that's no big deal. That was at a sporting event or something like that. Wherein, if you look at it, it's again. It's a mindset. People act on what they believe. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna to dabble in some things. I won't, oh, there's, no. There are books that I won't read. There are places I won't go. There are right. many things that I will not allow myself to watch because right. it's not where it starts. It's where it ends up. And so that's where this that's right. falls into that category. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, I've kept up Brother Baxter since the 90s of uh, Bethel Tabernacle back at Brother Orfoster, so I keep up with y'all, and y'all are doing a great job, yes. and God bless every one of you. <laughs> well, thank, thank you very much, Linda, and thank you for watching us all this time. And um, Now, are you guys down there in Houston at Brother Foster's church, you say? No, sir. I'm here at uh, Calvary Tabernacle, Longview, Texas, uh, Reverend Mrs. Chagua. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, right yeah. Thank you much. I want to say God bless you, my friend, and thank you for the yes. call. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. All right. You know, everybody, to speak to Linda's point here, 
with, and this is very important, and some people may not make the connection, but throughout the Bible, if you understand the Old Testament and what happened to Israel and all the dynamics there and everything that they did, the Bible says that when Israel started worshiping other gods, so Israel was the, the what separated mainly Israel from the other pagan nations in the world was that Israel believed in one God. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Him only shalt thou serve. But the Bible says when Israel would backslide away from God and start worshiping idols, the Bible says Israel went a-whoring after other gods. She wasn't true to the one true God, but she would go, she, would be, she became compromised and went a-whoring after other gods. Well, for me as a Christian individual, to look at that throughout Scripture, the Bible talks about uh, idol worship and all these different things. Then for me as a Christian, Christian to see something like these people worshiping this mechanical bull, which is gigantic. I mean, it's probably 30, 40 feet in the air. It's huge. Um, there's no way that could happen with Dave Robbins in the end time. Uh, and then, of course, the drug use with what I know in, as far as Scripture. And the Bible says uh, people using all kinds of different things to try to fill the God void in their life. Um, simply, it, can't, it's, it has uh, drugs, none of this stuff. Idol worship has no place. You should have nothing in your life that is above your relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing. Nothing, nothing. If you say, well... Hey, you know, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go to church, but, you know, I've got to do this. Or I've got to, you know, I, I, I watch sports on Sunday. So, hey, that, I mean, that, you know, that is above my relationship with God and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go to church. Things like that. Nothing. Should, you shouldn't use nothing to fill the God void in every person. God created us to have a relationship with Him. But, and there's a void there i got to fill that relation, that void with God. But people use all... I've seen people, haven't been in ministry for decades now, I have seen people try to fill that void with drugs, alcohol, uh, all kinds of different vices, and it never works out, folks. It's destroyed marriages and relationships and families and all kinds of stuff. Many people have ended up in prison because they got on drugs and did something they didn't even know what they were doing. And so, um, no, not in the place of a Christian life that has no place there. Okay, uh, let's go to, um, let me see here. Well, okay, we're coming up to a break. I got a lot of calls. Well, I'm going to go straight back to the phones when we get back from the break. I do want to say God bless you all. Uh, thank you for all of the, the Bible uh, prophecy conferences we did this year. Me and my wife have traveled so many weekends, and it was a blast. I met so many of you, so many of our wonderful partners, people out across America. Our Israel trip was great, and I want to say thank you for blessing us. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future. 
because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, part two. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I've got one line open. The number to reach me, 877-363-8463. Going straight back to the phones. Clarence in Massachusetts or Maine. Hey, Dave. Uh, good, af- good afternoon to you and the crew. Um, first of all, I want to commend you guys for the great job that you're doing. And Thank you. In terms of keeping people abreast of uh, you know where we are yeah. uh, in terms of understanding the times in which we're living in. Yes. Um, so that's that being said, I just wanted to ask a quick question based yeah. on the caller prior to me who mentioned uh, some, you know, was uh, a, a lot on the drug and the al- alcohol yeah. aspect of things. And then I think you responded um, by saying that um, uh, drug and alcohol um, should be definitely removed from the Christian home. I definitely agree with, uh, yeah, no participation in, in the drug aspect of things. Right. Um I want to just know what you think, because I've been asked this question all the time. In fact, I've got to be on a Bible study later, yeah. and I uh, hope your, your answer will bring some type of inspiration. Yeah. The alcohol aspect of it, you know, um, are we talking about, like, having uh, perhaps, like, a glass or uh, 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 some, you know, wine in the home for a good dinner wine with the family or, right. uh, or friends? Are we talking about it from that perspective at all should right. be removed so yeah i understand what you're saying clarence the thing is is that i cannot sit here and argue that nobody should ever drink wine i could not win an argument scripturally that nobody should ever drink wine what i'm doing is taking it from the extreme and saying that I've seen so many instances in dealing with people over the years where, and in my own family where alcohol destroyed a family. Okay, So take, taking it to the extreme. Now, when we do um, communion, we used to do communion uh, back when I was... We still do communion, but in the, in the church I was in back when we were a kid, I was a kid, we drank wine. Mm-hmm. My, uh, the, um, the pastor's wife would go back and get that old Mogan David nasty, yucky cooking wine, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and fill all the little glasses, and that's what we did with communion. So can I say everybody that drinks some of that goes to hell? Absolutely not. What I'm saying okay. is, is that for somebody to try to, that's, that is different 
than somebody who is trying to fill the God void and get out of this reality and to move into, I can't take life anymore, I'm going to be an alcoholic and I'm going to spend all my paycheck on beer and booze and whatever and, uh, you know, and, and, and destroy my family. That's where I'm at. Right, right. I don't think gotcha. a Christian home, you know, so with me and my family, I, I um, avoid all of it. I don't drink wine. I don't eat anything. That's my own personal preference because, the, uh-huh. you know, the Bible says I wouldn't do anything that would cause my brother to stumble. And so I would, if somebody were to see me as a Christian minister, uh, you know, drinking alcohol and things, I, I'm just, it's, I can't do that. And so yeah. I've got to look at it from both ends of the spectrum here and to say, you know what, for me and my house, I'm simply not going to do it. And yeah, I would I recommend that other people not do it. But could I win a, a, a biblical discussion on that as far as wine? No, I could not. I don't think I could. And so yeah, it really, you, you know, you've got to be led by the Spirit <laughs> and yeah. the true Spirit I'm talking about, Clarence. You've got to be led by the yeah, Spirit I, on what you would do right. in your own home and let God lead right. and guide you. But I'm talking about to an audience collectively of thousands of people, in my opinion, from what I know from the Bible, I would avoid it in a Christian home. Yeah. Well, I just real quickly, because I know culturally it's a different thing, because in France, you know, it's, I mean, here in the American culture, it's one yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, in France, it's a different thing. You know, I understand. In Africa, yeah. you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a different thing altogether. Even right. pastors, you would be surprised that a lot of pastors in Africa you know, because it's a cultural thing, they will have a glass of wine before dinner and uh, right. all that type of stuff. So I think it's also a cultural thing. Um, you know, I totally so again, agree with you. Yeah, I agree you with know, you. So I, I, I mean, I've traveled all over the world, and I know people yeah. that do do that, and it's not harmful to them. Again, when, when I took communion as a kid, we drank wine, and it was mm-hmm. a religious experience. However, right. uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I, that's really not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about... With the abusive aspect of it, I get you. Yeah, so that's where I'm at, yeah. and I think that um, some people, you know, uh, right. I just... You. I'm going to drop off the line now. But yeah, there you go. Final okay. question. Why is it that no one, uh, I don't know if I missed any program of yours, I think it's so lacking in the pulpit with all the trends, this, that, and the other that's going on. I'm hearing other preachers addressing other things, and why am I not hearing that which is destroying our children at five years old, um, why am I not hearing that from prominent preachers and pastors and religious organizations as far as, like, you know, what's going on um, with our future right now? I'm going to drop off the line in terms of all the trans and the name and the other and all that type of stuff at five years old, the exposure to this, that, and the other sexually. Right. You know, so I'm going to drop off the line and you can respond. But I yeah. appreciate you guys. Yeah. Dave, you guys are doing a great job. I love your ministry. I tune in all the time and may God continue. Thank you. Thank you, Clarence, and I want to say God bless you as well. Thank you for the call. Um, I believe um, that there are some, not all. Now, some ministers will lay it down like they should, but um, there are some pastors in the end time. The Bible says that there will be time in, there will be times toward the end where people will not endure sound doctrine that they will want a minister that will tickle their ears. Hey, let me do what I want, pastor. Don't get on my toes. And, um, and don't, don't talk to me about sin. I want to do what I want. So a pastor that has a big church, a lot of times if they're... And, they're, and I'm not saying every pastor. Believe me, I know, like I say, I know pastors who will get up and let it go and teach the, teach the word without fear or favor. 
But there are some, honestly, that are just a, it's, it's all about people pleasing. I, I'm into pleasing God. If, if I pray and God gives me a message to preach, I'm bound by God to preach that message. Because he may be trying to deal with somebody there. And so um, that's why it's important to be part of a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church in the end time. Because there will, there will be a lot... Of, I, we've said it for years. My father-in-law, he, we talked about this for years. That there will be people in the end time that simply would just uh, be people pleasers and that would not uh, teach the full truth. Just because it said church over the door does not mean that the truth was being taught inside. So it's very, very important. And when if I look at something in the Word of God and say, well... I know it says it in there, but I might offend somebody if I talk about it. You know, what do you do? you got to make a decision at that point. I've been there. And I thought, man, you know, so-and-so is going to be there today or this, that, and the other. But I've had God check me and say, listen, I want you to talk to certain people in here. And I want, you know, this message is for the church or whatever. And so a man of God or woman of God is bound by God. If God deals with you about something or you see it in the Word of God, Now, I'm not talking about getting up every Sunday morning and just hammering homosexuality and this, that, and the other. Okay? It's not what I'm talking about. I'm not not talking about beating people over the head with the Word of God. I'm talking about ministering to people. Get on your knees before God. Let God give you a message and then go preach that message. And if you preach it without fear or favor and you love people then people will receive that. There's a big difference in sharing the gospel with a hammer and sharing the gospel with a love. You understand? People respond differently. People know that you've got a message from God rather than just trying to destroy them. So that's really what men and women of God, especially in the end time, need to do because this society needs men and women of God that will preach and teach the truth. People are sick of all this fake trickery, fake fake preachers, fake news, fake all everything, and just people want the truth because I want to get to heaven. And the truth, the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Okay, so that that applies to every topic that we could bring up. Okay, let's go to Anna in Michigan. God bless Anna. Welcome to End of the Age. Praise the Lord. Um, I just, I heard the man that was called, called in and he was talking about the drugs and, you know, how they were going to have it in his state, you know, they were voting on it. Yeah. They already voted on it in my state, and it's, it's not a good thing. But the scripture always talks about having a sound mind. And I believe that that drugs, they do not give you a sound mind. Yeah. I, uh, we had counsel with someone last night. They were high on drugs and alcohol. They were not in their right mind. They were not sober. And the Bible says we must be sober-minded. And I just wanted to add that today. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I totally agree with you. Again, that's what I'm saying. When I, when I say that um, people are trying to get out of this reality into another reality, I'm supposed to be up and about my father's business, evangelizing, working, building the kingdom of God as a Christian in the end time. For me to sit back and get into a drunken stupor uh, and you know all this other stuff, uh, no, not as a Christian. And, and the drug lifestyle and how many people, how many people, listen to me, 
have I dealt with personally that drugs have absolutely destroyed their life and it started out, again, smoking marijuana and this, that, and the other. You say, well, I know somebody who uh, smoked marijuana and then they've never had an issue with it. Hey, then that's between them and God on the judgment day. But what I'm saying is, I know where a lot of that has led. And so I'm saying, avoid it at all cost, folks. Serve God. God will fill up your life and be fulfilling rather than needing alcohol and drugs to do that. So, uh, thank you very much for the call, Anna. God bless you. Um, let's go to Dre in Washington. God bless Dre. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello, Dave. How you doing? I'm tremendous, my friend. How are you? I'm okay. The question I have is, it's not pertaining to the end time, it's pertaining to Halloween. I know a lot of the churches are now celebrating it, and some say don't celebrate Halloween, or they change it with Fall Festival or yeah. Trunk or Treat. Should the Christian yeah. really celebrate that? Because I don't think it's correct to celebrate it, even if you change the name on it. Yeah. So when you say celebrate it, what do you mean? In other words... Like, like how they have the fall festival, you you can come to a church, they'll give you the candy, oh. games, things like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it really would depend on what they were doing as far as celebrating it. If they were, um, if somebody's just gathering together, having a fall festival and giving out candy, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, okay. I don't, the thing, I don't think scripturally it's wrong to do that. If somebody is celebrating it because of, some Satan and worshiping type thing. Now, yeah, you've got an issue with that. But I think that, um, I don't think, uh, you know, I've heard of this trunk or treat type deal. I'm not 100% sure I even know what that is. But I guess it's somebody giving candy out of their trunk. I mean, I don't do any of that stuff, so I really don't know what it is. However, um, I think if somebody wants to have a false festival and give out candy, I don't see an issue with that. Again, I don't think they're celebrating the real hallowed ween where the witches gather together and do all these incantations and spells and all that stuff. I don't think they're celebrating that. I think it's that time of year they're just having a, a fall festival and giving out candy where a lot of kids might be going out in goblin costumes and you know getting candy and stuff like that. I don't participate in... Uh, any of that kind of stuff. Have I been, have I, I've given out candy a few times. I really, I'm a Christian individual led by the Spirit of God. I really don't see anything wrong with that. Again, Dre, it's simply how they are observing it and does it line up with Scripture or not. That's kind of where I'm at. So coming up to a break, God bless you, my friend. Thank you for the call. Straight back to the phones when we get back. God bless everybody. And, um, Got some great topics, got some lines open, 1-877-363-8463. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, 
please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm going to go straight to the phones. I've got about probably 12 minutes here. And so I'm going to, it looks like I'll be able to get to everybody uh, online. So uh, let's go to Cecil in Indiana. God bless Cecil. Welcome to End of the Age. God bless you, Pastor Robbins. I, you know, I watch you guys so much. Um, I was a big fan of um, Dr. Irvin Baxter. Yes, sir. And I have a, a, a question I want to ask. First of all, um, how far do you believe that we are out um, from the uh, unveiling of the Antichrist as it relates in years? And my second question is, do you believe that the narrative of salvation will change, not as it relates to biblical principles, because we know that that will never change, but I'm talking about church as we are used to doing it. I know oftentimes we look on social media and it seems like after COVID, it's been a lot of uh, churches and we amplify the dancing and the shouting and um, preachers hooping and stuff like that. Do you think that that narrative will change and people will become more serious about um, the times in which we live? Yeah. So, the, the first question about how far do I believe we're out from the, let's say, where are we at on the timeline, in other words? Yeah, exactly. So I know scripturally, for this giant timeline God's given us from the Old Testament prophets to the Revelation chapter 22, we are, the, the next two events on that is the Six Trumpet War, World War Three and the yeah. peace agreement between the Israelis and Palestinians that starts the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ in the Battle of Armageddon. I believe that we are just prior to the beginning of World War III. And uh, those of you that I'm are sorry, subscribed I'm to End of the Age Plus, give me just time? a second here, Cecil. That those of you that are subscribed to End of the Age Plus, my entire dialogue and, and session on that next weekend is on a, a new perspective on the Great Reset, which will be the World War III leading us be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. Now, the, once World War III occurs, in my opinion, I cannot prove scripturally which one happens first, the peace agreement or World War III. In my opinion, it would be World War III first, then the world community, this cry for peace, they, the nations would yield up their sovereignty to a world governing body and their armies. The, the world government would look at Israel, Palestine, and say, you guys are going to sign a peace agreement whether you want to or not. That starts the final seven years. Three and a half years into that, halfway through, the Antichrist is revealed, and then we, that is the event at the abomination of desolation. That is the event that launches us into the Great Tribulation, the final three and one half years. Where are we at as far as World War III starting and the peace agreement? I cannot tell you. It can't be very much longer because of everything that's coming down right now. All of the prophecies are converging at the same time. And with all of the uh, efforts to establish a digital ID globally for every single person, the central bank digital currencies, the establishment of the world government, Russia, China, Iran, all these nations challenging that world government, 
that was established, the liberal international order after World War II, challenging that those people, the globalists, are not going to stand for a parallel global government in the end time, and they are prepared, believe me, they are prepared to go into World War III to keep that from happening. And so that's a narrative that I've been watching for a long time. It's all over the news right now. So um, that's where we're at on the timeline. I believe we're just prior to at least the World War III and the signing of the peace agreement. How far are we off from that? I simply do not know the answer to that. It can't be very long from now. Number qu- Question number two. The churches, will they change the mode of operation and how we worship, how we gather? I hope they do not. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, even so much more as you see that day approaching. For if you sin willfully, there remaineth no more sacrifice for you. So, the Bible likens church attendance and going to belonging to a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church as a willful sin. Look it up in Scripture. And I don't want to... I think that we lose our collective mindset when people start staying home and sitting on your couch, eating popcorn in your living room. Now, I know we've had to do that at times. And I did it myself when, I, when they shut our churches down during COVID. However... As soon as the church doors opened back up, me and my family were back in church. Again, because the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. When you're together with a group of like-minded individuals, it helps build your faith. You can feel the presence of the Lord. You're there. The Bible does say to worship the Lord collectively with your hand. Raise your hands. Worship Him on the loud-sounding cymbals. Music in church. A lot of different things. The the church is not a building. I understand all that. However, when you're isolated away from a church and staying at home, then it is a, to me, it becomes a mindset that I'm kind of isolated from the body. I don't have to get up, get dressed, and go to church. I don't have to make that effort. I'll just stay at home. Yes, I'm worshiping. I'm watching a lot of different churches, not really committed to one. No. In my mind... As a Christian man trying to be led by the Spirit of God and win souls and build the kingdom of God, I long to be collectively bonded with the church and the body of Christ. I'm not an isolated member out here doing my own thing, sitting in my living room. No, I belong to a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. I believe God called us there. And when the doors are open, if I'm not traveling, me and my family are there worshiping. I may have to go, uh, somebody, the, the pastor may preach and he may have an altar call and people may respond to that, collective me- to that message collectively and come in and pray for them. And, the, um, and it lay, the Bible says to lay hands on people and pray for them. How do you do that if you're at home? And to um, you know, the, the respond and to be baptized and all the different things that happen in a church service. How can you do that sitting at home? You say, well, you're saying I can't be saved sitting at home. Not saying that. I'm, and because some people have to stay at home. I got that. But man, if you've got two legs and you can get up and walk and make it, go to church. Because the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. So as we approach the day when the second coming is going to happen and the future rapture and everything, I believe we need to meeting, be meeting more. Now, 
churches that are still meeting together that are having less church, I don't agree with that. I believe we should have, be having more church. When I was growing up in Irvin Baxter's church, we had church on Tuesday nights, Friday nights, Sunday morning, Sunday night, four times a week, my whole childhood. Okay? Now, some churches are having church one day a week. You say, are you damning them to hell? No, I'm not. I'm just telling you. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, even so much more as you see the day approaching. We should be having more church, not less. That's Scripture. Okay, now, I know that's hard sometimes for people to take, and that might be messing with your theology a little bit. I got all that. But I'm telling you, what are we doing here? We're trying to build the kingdom of God. And you can't be an isolated member. I mean, I'm, so I have a body. If you cut my pinky off and lay it over here on the desk, the body will survive and thrive. But the pinky is going to die because it's isolated from the body. Well, the church is the body of Christ, the bride. And people that isolate themselves, what happens? They become disconnected, and it's a mindset. Now, I understand if you're sick, stay home. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying a lot of people went... I, I'm in churches all over the United States all year long. Believe me, I don't even know where all I've been this year. And again, I've told them I feel like Johnny Cash. I've been everywhere, man. But I, I've talked to a lot of pastors that said, you know, Dave, I've talked to some that said, hey, my church is back from COVID and, you know, we met online for a long time, but, man, we're back and we're booming. And then I've talked to others that said... Man, I've got a bunch of people that won't come back. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, they just got comfortable sitting at home on the couch and haven't come back yet. And I thought, my goodness, I, you know, what in the world's happening here? I want, to be, I want to be connected to the body of Christ in every way. And so to your question, Cecil, I don't want to see the church ever change. I think we ought to be having more church, not less, especially in the times just ahead. Okay, thank you for the call, my friend. God bless you. And thank you for listening. Um, Kimberly in Arizona. God bless my friend. Welcome to End of the Age. Oh, hi. Hi there, uh, uh, Brother Dave. This, um, I know we're short on time, and I, but I first just want to uh, request prayers from you and the lister, listeners for healing and deliverance. Yeah. And to piggyback off of the church, I've been, I'm in Arizona. It's dry here, not only weather-wise, but spiritually and I wish I could find a church that was Holy Spirit filled. I, I mean, I go to church and why do you seek the living amongst the dead? But uh, as far as uh, my question goes, um, it was going to be a, about the Sabbath. But, yeah. um, but anyways, I'm under heavy spiritual attack and I haven't been able to finish the Prophecy College. So I just really need you guys prayers for that and that I could find a home church. Yeah. Um, uh, i tell you what, you know, Kimberly, for the sake of time... Yeah. If you will yep. send me, drobinsonendtime.com, or Doug Norvell, dnorvell at endtime.com, if you'll send us your zip code, then we yes. can find you a church in your area within a 25-mile radius. Uh, we do it all the time. Yeah. What, what's your okay, question wonderful. about the Sabbath, really quick? Okay. My, um, basically, as a, uh, part of the Mark of the Beast system, it's going to be a one-world religion, and I know the Vatican's been going to incorporate a mandated Sunday worship, well, Jesus said we need to keep the Ten Commandments, yeah. and the Sabbath is on the seventh day. Okay. And I just don't know why we, the churches and Christians, we don't worship 
on the Sabbath day. We go yeah. on Sunday, which is not the Sabbath. Right. So, so I let, mean, let I me go let me. I got a couple minutes here. Let me answer your question. The the Bible does say, "Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy." Totally agree with that. One hundred and ten percent. However, the prophet Isaiah prophesied that in the end, towards the end, there will come a time in the future when with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people, and this is the rest wherewith he will cause the weary to rest. He was prophesying about a time, the, the Sabbath day is a day of rest. Well, he was prophesying about a time in the future when an individual would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, God's Spirit living inside of them, that that would be the time of rest that would be considered the New Testament Sabbath. And so the Bible says that um, as many as have entered into this rest have ceased from his own labors and different things. So there, there's many scriptures that go along with this. However, the New Testament Sabbath is when I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus was trying to transition us from the Old Testament physical realities into the New Testament spiritual realities. When I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, I enter into his rest, and I keep a perpetual Sabbath. I am remembering the Sabbath day to keep it holy, but I keep it perpetually when I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, I can worship any day I want. I can, I can worship and, and um, God, I don't have to worship on Sunday. I don't have to worship on Saturday. I can worship God and praise Him and observe His rest every single day, not just a single day. So we, we are observing a perpetual Sabbath. When Jesus allowed his disciples to pick corn on the Sabbath day, or he healed a man on the Sabbath day, and they tried to, the um, Pharisees tried to nail him to the wall for that. He said, hey, he said, you guys are all hypocrites. And he went on from there. Anyway, he was trying to transition us into a spiritual Sabbath, not a physical Sabbath day, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. He was like, hey, you worship me every single day. And that is the New Testament Sabbath that we have entered into. And so, uh, God bless you. I hope that clears up everything. I thank you for the call. God bless each and every one of you. We'll see you next week. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.